0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. You can find me on Twitter at FFKnowItAll. You can also email the show directly, knowitallfantasyfootball@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Hope everybody is doing amazing today as we are one step closer to trading camp opening up. It's the middle of June and, uh, and things are getting exciting. I want to take a minute to remind everyone that the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast is a proud member of the Skull King Podcasting Network. Be sure to check out Skull King Sports for extensive information on all major sports, collegiate athletics, and of course, fantasy football. Just head over to www.skullkingsports.com to check it out. Today, we're going to go over a handful of breakouts, busts, and sleepers heading into the 2021 season. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about another podcast that I currently listen to on a regular basis. It's called The Morning Smoke CLT. Check out my man G as he gives his unique perspective on sports, pop culture, and of course, fine cigars. The Morning Smoke CLT can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and anywhere that podcasts can be found. Now the first breakout I want to talk about is TJ Hawkinson, tight end for the Detroit Lions. Hawkinson had a really fine season last year, but I think the breakout has yet to happen here, and I'll explain why. Last season, he finished as the fifth-ranked tight end in PPR scoring. He had 67 receptions for 723 yards and six touchdowns. He was targeted a whopping 101 times by Matt Stafford. Now, Jared Goff is there as the QB in Detroit, but I don't think that will negatively impact the target share for Hawkinson. You need to keep in mind that the Lions actually had better receivers last year with Marvin Jones and, of course, Kenny Galladay. Even though Galladay only played five games, there were just better options there in Detroit. I don't see the combination of Terrell Williams and uh, Brashad Perryman lighting the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. So I actually expect to see more targets and possibly more efficient play in Hawkinson for 2021. And that could lead him to finishing inside of the top three. The second breakout is Cam Akers, running back, of course, for the Los Angeles Rams. He played in only 13 games last year. And even less than that, he only started five of them with uh, Daryl Henderson being the main back for the majority of the season in the beginning. But down the stretch, we saw what Akers was made of. Now, the past couple of seasons, we have seen Sean McVay and company take more of a committee approach at running back, but it hasn't led to much success. Let's face it. They traded for Stafford, Matt Stafford, because they feel they can win now. And what gives them the, the best chance of winning now? Some kind of weird committee? with Henderson and Akers, no i think they need to go back to leaning on a workhorse back like they did in 2018 when they leaned on Todd Gurley of course as their workhorse and that led them of course to the Super Bowl and within they they uh, they fought tooth and nail with the New England Patriots and could have very easily come out on top Even if they open next season with Akers sharing some time with Henderson in the backfield, I expect the second year running back to see the lion's share of the carries, honestly, as the season unfolds. He is the better, more talented back there. I think even if it opens up as a 60-40 split, it will get up to 70, maybe 75 before the year is out. I think with the offense running on all cylinders and much improved with Stafford at the helm, that is going to lead to a... Uh, really a top five upside for acres if Henderson misses any time it could even be better than that I love acres this year the breakout is coming now my third breakout is another running back here that honestly was over drafted last year and as a rookie I think it was all a matter of, of circumstance and speaking of which Clyde Edwards Alaire was a victim of that very circumstance last season Everybody just assumed once Damian Williams said, okay, I'm opting out, that they were going to uh, just plug and play him as a a, a three-down workhorse, which essentially they did in the beginning, the Kansas City Chiefs, but again, the circumstances caught up with him. He only reached the end zone four times. Pat Mahomes was throwing touchdown passes all over the place, but you have to look at the body of work. Edwards Allaire rushed for 803 yards in this offense last year in only 13 games. He was on pace, if you're going to prorate this to 17 games, which the schedule is now this year, his 17-game pace would have been 1,048 yards and five touchdowns. He has no competition there in Kansas City. Le'Veon Bell is now gone and lighting fires on his way out. I'm sure you've seen that all over Twitter as he's bashing Andy Reid. And we're not going to get into Le'Veon Bell. There's no point in it. I'm not. There's no point in me wasting my time. But Edwards Allaire has no, uh, really, no competition here. I expect him to finish within the top ten. But a couple of more touchdowns here or there, and uh, you know maybe an improvement in blocking or an improvement in his running ability, we'll see. Maybe more involvement in the passing game. There's a solid chance that he can finish not only inside the top five, but challenge for uh, one of the top two spots there. It's going to be hard to unseat Christian McCaffrey. We need to face that. But things, stranger things have happened. I like Clyde Edwards Alaire a lot this year, and at the price you have to pay for him, he is certainly ready to break out. Now let's talk about some busts, and I know, (laughs) I know I'm gonna catch some flack for all three of these, but I'll lay out the case for why I feel that they are busts, and we'll just kind of go from there. Now, my busts in recent seasons have worked out if you've listened. I've been on the Miles Sanders – or I've been off the Miles Sanders bandwagon screaming at anybody who would listen that they're not going to use him as a three-down workhorse, and, well, they haven't. I was on the Austin Eckler uh, bust bandwagon last year, and what happened with that? Again, it's all a matter of – to explain a bust a little further here too, it's all a matter of – if you're spending the draft capital on them, are they going to produce at the level in which you did? If you're getting Pat Mahomes in the first round, he needs to be quarterback one or two. Otherwise, it's a wasted pick. Same with Travis Kelsey. Now, Kelsey, again, definitely worked out for you. The same goes true for running backs. If you're taking Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, for example, well, he, he was kind of a bust last year, if you really consider it. I'm not I'm not calling him for for him to be a bust this year. Just laying that out for you so that you see where I'm coming from here. So, without further ado, the first bust I have today is Jonathan Taylor running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Again, I know this is going to be an unpopular pick. He is the darling in a lot of people's uh, world, but you need to hear me out here. When Marlon Mack went down last season, we all assumed, including me, that Taylor would burst onto the scene and be this three-down workhorse for the Colts and explode. Well, we should have known better if you look at a lot of things that were going on there. Not only does Indianapolis have one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL in Naeem Hines, they are also coached by Frank Reich, who since his days as the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia is infamous for his running back by committee approach. Now that's not to say Taylor isn't talented. I like his talent level a lot, but he's currently ranked as the number seven running back off the board and going somewhere in this, the early second, his range is from the early second to the mid third round. And I, I think that's a little bit high. He had 232 rushing attempts last season, which is a good number. But the combination of uh, Hines and Jordan Wilkins, of all people, accounted for 173. I expect Marlon Mack to – he'll be back and he'll be healthy. I think he'll be more involved than than Wilkins was. So I think that 173 combination could tick up closer to 200, which you'll have to dial back on Taylor a little bit. yeah, he will be the primary back, but there are too many chefs in this kitchen to be taking him – as the number seven guy off the board i think that's a little bit high let the buyer beware if you're taking taylor in the first or second round you know late in the third round you could start to consider it but i would even wait further than that i think he makes a fine running back too if he's my running back one i better be stacked in other positions before i even consider that number two justin herbert Last season, Herbert came out of nowhere and lit the quarterback landscape on fire. He set a rookie record, 31 touchdown passes while only throwing 10 interceptions. Naturally, the assumption is he will only get better in his sophomore season. I mean, isn't that always the way it goes? I say not so fast. More often than not, actually, we see struggles from second-year quarterbacks as they continue to grow and learn the system. You need to look no, no further than Baker Mayfield. For example, in his rookie season, his stats were on par with what Herbert put up in 2020. In 2018, Mayfield played in 13 games, but he averaged nearly the same yardage per game, 286 versus 289, and the same amount of touchdowns per game with two. The number of completions per game in that stretch were almost nearly identical. In 2019, Mayfield was being drafted as the number six quarterback off the board. Eh, sound familiar? Take a look at where Herbert's being taken. He's taken. He's getting taken before Tom Brady. I mean that. I don't need to say any more than that. After the season Brady had, and we've seen year after year, Brady can light it up. Sure, Herbert's talented, but where you have to draft him you're going to need a significant step forward for him if you're going to get a return on your investment it's not realistic just remember everything i always say guys wait at quarterback just wait it is not worth the reach and my third bust um this is going to ruffle some feathers again i'm going to lay out where i'm coming from here and we'll see if it comes to pass it's aj brown Yes, I'm aware of how good Brown has looked over the past uh, couple of seasons as the number one wide receiver for the Titans. I like Brown a lot, and he was very high on my list, not of breakouts, because I think he's already broken out, but just my list of players to draft this year before certain circumstances came along, which we'll get to, and you're aware of what they are. Now again, I also know that Corey Davis and John Lewis Smith are gone, so that opens up more targets in a hypothetical situation for A.J. Brown. That all being said, this offense runs through Derrick Henry. You can expect ground and pound to be the to take precedence over the passing game here in Tennessee, and you don't have a prolific quarterback throwing the ball all over the place. Yes, I know, Ryan Tannehill has honestly come into his own and overperformed, in my opinion, the last couple of seasons. It's not like you have Matt Ryan there, In his prime. It's not like you have Philip Rivers in his prime. It's not like you have Andrew Luck when he was still in the league. No, you have Ryan Tannehill. You need to understand that's more like having a Carson Wentz in your... uh, And we'll talk about Wentz in a minute. So you can expect the running game to be the main focus here. Now this is also a very bad division. I mentioned a minute ago Carson Wentz taking over for Philip Rivers in... Uh, Indianapolis yeah they are trying to stay competitive and they might be a decent team they have a pretty good defense but I don't see many shootouts here in this division you have the Jags who are rebuilding and you have the absolute dumpster fire that's in Houston they could possibly be the worst team in the NFL The Titans have a good defense as well so I think there's going to be a lot of low-scoring games here where you see a lot more of Derrick Henry. And if that's the case, then where are all these targets coming from and where are all these opportunities? Throw in the fact now that Julio Jones is on board for the Titans. And now I can see a scenario now where Brown's opportunities come way down. Will he be efficient with what he gets uh, thrown his way? Most likely. But is he, or should he be drafted as high as he's being drafted? I don't think he should as the uh, fifth wide receiver off the board. Look back a couple of seasons ago at Chris Godwin, who finished second and then dropped off the, the face of the earth. I don't think it'll be that dramatic here, but you're drafting him a little too high here. So, yeah, I don't know that I call him a bust He's on my bust list, but I expect the regression to be enough to where you're investing an early-round pick on him could end up biting you in the ass. For those of you who run a business, you're most likely running one that has an outdated website even if you have one that's set up at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Rob and company have all the tools and expertise to set you up for success. Don't just take my word for it. Hit them up on Instagram at bove.design, B-O-V-E, dot design, and check out their custom work for yourself. Whether you need a new website, a site upgrade, or a custom logo like the one I use for this podcast, Bove Design has got you covered. Remember, folks, that's bove.design, B-O-V-E, dot design on Instagram. Give Rob a shout and let him show you what they can do for your website your business will be happy that you did and now the sleepers guys and this should come as no the first sleeper on my list should come as no surprise to anybody and that's Kirk Cousins cousins is currently going at the end of drafts or in many cases not being drafted at all when i did my quarterback preview i compared last year's stats with that of pat mahomes And again, I will say, this is not to say that I would rather have cousins on my team than Mahomes, or anybody over Mahomes for that matter, but rather make the point that you can wait at quarterback and load up on other skilled positions to set your team up with depth for success and for winning championships. If you draft a quarterback early, sure, things can fall your way and you can win a championship. But... I have found over my years I've had way more success waiting at quarterback than than to not. Now, Cousins was a top-12 option last season as well, and you could have found him in your bargain bin like you would at your local Walmart, for crying out loud. He wasn't drafted. He's being undervalued again this year. One can argue that he has more weapons this year than he has had in, in recent years. Yes, he does still have – Justin Jefferson who broke out in a huge way last year but he could take another step forward Adam Thielen is still there and I'm not uh, I'm not throwing away the fact that they did get rid of Kyle Rudolph who was a touchdown dependent tight end I think Irv Smith Jr. who is much more athletic could serve to spread this offense out a little bit more remember guys even in a year that Dalvin Cook finished as the number two running back in fantasy Cousins was a solid quarterback one I expect the same thing from him this year definite sleeper on my list now you might remember that going into last season there was a good deal of hype surrounding the Dallas Cowboy offense and with good reason Dak Prescott was coming off a number two finish in fantasy They drafted another uh, wide receiver in C.D. Lamb, who has really come into his own and and is honorable mention uh, as far as breakouts go uh, or even sleepers. I'm not sure where to put him yet, but I like him a lot this year. Just take that for whatever uh, it's worth. There was also a lot of talk about Blake Jarwin uh, possibly breaking out from the tight end position. However, an injury in week one caused Jarwin to miss the rest of the season and he's expected to be back and ready to go by some point in, uh, during training camp. Now, just check these out for uh, so you, you can see where I'm going with this breakout. In 2019, he started only seven games and would have been on pace for 75 catches, 884 yards, and seven, uh, seven touchdowns over a 17-game stretch. In only 12 career starts, including the game in which he tore his ACL last season, He's caught 59 passes, 684 yards, and reached the end zone six times. Assuming he's back and does reclaim the tight end spot in the offense, he can be an absolute steal. Now, I know Dalton Schultz is there, and he kind of filled in in a good way, I like Jarwin better as a better athlete here. I do think he will get the majority of the looks at the tight end spot. It does bear watching, though, but it's a prolific enough offense in Dallas that I think that um, where Blake Jarwin's going as the 16th tight end taken off of the board, he could be a huge steal for you guys. And my final sleeper is going to surprise pretty much everybody who listens to me. In fact, he was on my bust list the past two years and that's miles sanders you probably guessed it by the fact that he was on my uh, bus list for the last couple of seasons he is the perfect example of what we call in the fantasy industry a post-hype sleeper for those of you who don't know a post-hype sleeper is a player that has been hyped up past couple of seasons and has fallen short of those um, expectations my post-hype sleeper last year was Corey davis We all know that Corey Davis was hyped up as this great wide receiver, and he is talented, but he underperformed and basically was forgotten about last year. He was going undrafted. He was the guy that I told you you could take after your kicker that's going to impact your team in a good way. He rewarded fantasy managers, if you did rely on him last season, by posting career highs in yardage and touchdowns. He finished as a solid wide receiver three or a flex play, depending on what type of league you have. Sanders can do better than that this year, I think. He's currently being drafted beyond the third round. He's the 19th or 20th running back taken off the board. Now, his 17-game pace last season would have seen 1,339 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. If you can get that again, then he's worth more than a third-round selection. If it bumps up a little bit, and I think it will this year, I think he's finally going to... He's not going to be this three-down workhorse. There's always going to be somebody sneaking in there, taking either passing downs from him or a mix of something. But I do believe they will. Uh, he will uh, do better than he did last year. And that will add value to his position. Don't reach for Sanders by any stretch of the imagination. But if you did draft, say, Travis Kelsey in the first round and a top wide receiver in the second round, and Sanders falls to you in the third, go for it. And that's going to do it, folks. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to check out the show. Please feel free to hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll or email the show directly, as I mentioned, knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Remember, too, it's never too early to start preparing for the fantasy football season. Do those mock drafts. Do them over and over and over again. And make sure you mock against real people because people do stupid things during drafts. And if you only use a simulator, and simulators are great for a lot of reasons, but they don't make these bonehead moves like taking Tom Brady in the first round if you're a New England fan or whatever. I'm just throwing that out there. There are bonehead moves that happen in every league and every draft. So that's why it's good to do uh, drafts on platform that allows for you to draft against actual people do those mock drafts like i said make sure you set the uh, draft settings to that of your league so that you can get a realistic feel for it and i'll cover this in more detail when i do my draft episode uh, draft preparation episode but you got to make sure you keep your eyes and ears focused on what's going on, news, especially when training camp opens up. There's a lot of fluff out there, so don't read into hype per se, but you do want to see what's going on as far as usage goes, who's playing in what week, and so on and so forth. Well, until next week, guys, please continue to do all that you can do, not only to dominate your fantasy leagues, but to dominate every aspect of your life. Catch you later, guys. Never will forget the day when the angel flew away. Nothing I can do or say when your axle had.